Welcome everybody to Marketing, Management, and Money. This is the podcast, All Things Small Business with Ethan Milliori and Ryan Murray. So we're going to jump in today and we're going to talk about uh, mentors, advisors, coaches. Uh, a lot of times uh, they take on different names, but it's kind of the same. Well, and we'll get I, into, there, there's some similarities in the role. There are some differences in the role. But uh, Ethan, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you, so... You actually coach high school tennis, just kind of on the side to uh, to help out. Um, and you had uh, you just wrapped up your your tennis season for the year, and so uh, and you coach the uh, it's the high school gr- girls team. Yeah. So let's talk about mentoring from a tennis perspective, and we're going to bring it right back into business. You okay if we do that? I am because I. When I talk about mentoring, a lot of times I use sports analogies. We, we do. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it just explains it cleaner sometimes than, than if you try to use other words. I don't know. I, sometimes that visualization is more powerful. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm totally good with that. And, so, and so we might uh, even bring some other sports into it as well. So, so how'd your team do this season? You know, we did, we did good. Uh, a lot of our, a lot of our varsity made it into the state tournament. And so that was fantastic. Um, we had more this year than last year. So we got something right. Well, it helps when you have good athletes too. You know, yeah. I have to give credit to athletes, but, but um, it's, you know, this is a great way to talk about it because it's, it's interesting that, uh, a lot of times we disassociate mentor or, you know, when someone from a business side is going to look for a mentor, their thought of what that mentor should be is different than what I would recommend based off of if you were looking for someone to coach you. Okay. So um, with that in mind, you know, it's in both cases, a lot of times that individual who's trying to get better at something, they're seeking expertise advice, right? Mm -hmm. That's why we look for a mentor. We're seeking for the expertise advice. Um, But in a mentoring situation, too often people come in and say, hey, look, I want to find a mentor, but I'm the one who's going to control all that, right? Okay. Right? But when you look at coaching, think about it. When it's coaching, a coach is the one controlling all of it, and I'm doing exactly what the coach says. Mm-hmm. right? Change this, do that, move yourself to this position in the court or on the field or, you know, whatever it might be. So the coach is in complete control of the game plan. But too often when we think of mentoring, we want to be in control of the game plan. Mm-hmm. And I try to tell most people that, look, if you're going to go down the mentoring and you want to be significant, that mentor needs to be the one who's guiding that game plan. So I want to point something out before we get too far into this, and that is that there are some semantics. You know, you're you're distinguishing between uh, mentoring and coaching, and there's probably going to be some listeners out there that are going to get really hung up and be like, no, 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 that's not what coaching is. So I, I want to make the initial point to say, This episode specifically is going to be talking about seeking outside counsel, outside advice, whether it's hands-on, whether it's advisory. And and so, uh, you know, if if you're getting hung up on some of the semantics, don't, you know, kind of just let that go and, and listen to what's going on. Because so, for example, and this is one of the reasons I wanted to bring that up for me, one of the ways I've always described a mentor is a mentor to me is someone who's been there, done that. 
Like they have been in your shoes and now they are saying, well, hey, here's the path that I trod and I want to help you avoid some of the pitfalls that I bumped into versus a coach to me. Again, this is my definition. Uh, a coach to me is someone who's looking from the sidelines. They're, uh, they're not on the field. They're not, you know, uh, using the tennis. They're not on the court. Yeah. Um, but they get to see where, you know, where you're standing. If you're playing doubles, they see, you know, how you're interacting with your partner uh, because you might be playing an amazing game and your partner might be playing an amazing game, but if you and your partner are playing a different game, it's not going to do any good for you to improve your game because you got to get on the same, you know, same yeah. rhythm as your partner. And so, right. so anyway, there, there, there's some different things uh, that, that I think are important and that we want to look for uh, when we do this. And so maybe we can, maybe we can jump into some of those, uh, some of those things to be looking for. Okay. Well, sticking on kind of that originally when we're seeking out a mentor because we're seeking expertise, right? we want someone who's better than us. Um, one thing I think a lot of people make a mistake on is that um, just like in sports, when I start baseball at a young age, uh, I'm working, my, my coach is my dad or another dad, right? Sure. Yeah. It's, your little league coach is a dad, right? Uh-huh. Okay. So they know enough about baseball to actually teach you some fundamentals and get you going, right? Right. Okay. But as we get older, your dad isn't, or that dad generally isn't qualified enough to get you to the next level, right? Correct. Okay. So then we, we move on to the next level. Maybe we do some uh, high school baseball. We have coaches who a lot of times in high school, they played high school or even some college ball, right? Mm-hmm. But when we get into college baseball, most of your coaches then uh, are going to be people who played professionally um, and, and et cetera, all the way up through. Okay. So too often though, as a mentor, when we seek that out, we're looking for that professional coach, that professional mentor, right? Right, right off the, right off the bat. Yeah. yeah. Instead of saying, no, I just need to find someone who has more expertise than I currently have. Mm-hmm. And then once I get to that level, I can exchange them out, right? Right. I can go find the next one to help me move to the next level. Mm-hmm. I don't need to find that one who's going to mentor me through this whole process because you're probably not going to find it. And I'm really glad that you're bringing this up because, um, and there, there are several things that I want to hit on, and you've actually mentioned all of them, but I want to reiterate them because they're that important. Number one is that you will be changing mentors over the course of your business. It's pretty rare that you're going to have one mentor that's going to just stay there the entire time. And if they do stay there, they tend to move more into what I would classify as an advisory role. They're just kind of yeah. someone who you can you can get some ideas from. But yeah, it's really difficult to have that person who is going to be able to, you know, uh, handle all those levels. So you're going to be making some changes throughout. Uh, The other thing is seeking too high. You know, if you're going for someone who like Tony Robbins to start. Yeah. You know, if, if, if I'm doing a business and I go and I say, oh my gosh, this guy, you know, he's worth tens of millions of dollars. He's owned multiple businesses and I'm going to have him help me with my startup. Mm, probably not the guy. And the funny thing is he might not be any good at startups. You know, he, <laughs> he might point. only be good <laughs> at managing multi-million dollar companies. Great, great point. And so, you know, look, look for where you're at 
uh, because that's, you know, that's where you, you want to be. Uh, and the other thing that, and this one, uh, I don't know what was mentioned uh, specifically, but I do want to mention this. You should always have a mentor. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when you're exchanging them out, don't ever get to the point, I don't care who you are, you know, don't ever get to the point that you are saying, okay, I, I'm done with mentors. I'm, I'm past that stage. You're never past that stage. You look at, you know, going back to the mm-hmm. athletes, the greatest athletes in the world tend to get more coaches over the years, not fewer. You, you don't start well, dropping coaches. And, and head coaches, so going, you know, keeping with this sports analogy, mm-hmm. and then F, let's use NFL so we can hit all the sports. Um, <laughs> a head coach, uh, who does he surround himself with? Assistant coaches. Assistant coaches, right? Yeah. That are better than him at very specific things. And then you've got an offensive coach and a defensive coach, and you and know. then above him you have a manager who's now looking at financials and and you know maybe looking at bigger positions of how can we trade out players, right? So so even though he's a head coach, he's still surrounded by mentors. We mm-hmm. just call them different things. Yeah, yeah. Assistant coaches, managers, right? And and so in your business, so. I want to be very clear because what happens a lot of times in business is people start doing these networking teams. They start getting together with these groups and they're like, oh yeah, you know, I've got this, uh, you know, this networking group or this advisory group. We meet every Tuesday and, you know, it's just a bunch of, you know, professionals. Those things are awesome. But to your point, you've got to fill in the gaps and you got to have, you know, it, it's great to network, but you also need to have someone who is there day in, day out, you know, a lot more closely tied to the business, to the business decisions, um, you know, because what happens is our ego gets in the way and you're yeah. talking to someone, how's business? No one ever says business sucks. I'm afraid of closing my door. I mean, I guess Something. if you really <laughs> earn that point, but you know, when business isn't doing great, what do you do? You always talk about the good stuff. You're like, Oh yeah, you know, we're, we're doing really good. We got this project that we're working on and you know, we're going to launch a new product here shortly. And you know, you never say, yeah. Um, so my profit margins are slipping and I don't understand why. Like, you know, people don't want to say that. So you need to have someone who can see the profit margins and they can go to you and say, hey, your profit margins are slipping and I don't think you know why. Yeah, yeah. Now, before we bounce from kind of just understanding the expertise and how we want to do it, another one I counsel people is you have to make an honest assessment of your skill set. Way too often we want to exaggerate our skill set so that we don't look like, we're, you know, stupid mm-hmm. or we under exaggerate what it is. And hence, so then that mentor then tries to take you down this road and you're like, yeah, but I know all this one because you've under exaggerated what it is. So take a real good assessment of your skill set. How do you do that? Uh, most entrepreneurs if, if have so much ego and that's well, a characteristic that's my of entrepreneurs. But that's okay. I'm okay with the ego, but the reality of it is, is look, if I'm weak on marketing, say, look, I, I, I know a little bit about marketing, but I've never taken a marketing class, mm-hmm. right? So if, I, if I'm, if I don't really, I, I, you know, I know what a profit and loss statement is. I know what a balance sheet is, but I don't really understand them to help me drive the business, so, right? Versus saying, oh yeah, I know what those, I know what those are. 
Okay. Well, now that you have a financial conversation, but you're lost in the conversation because you don't know what they're, they're talking about when they talk about ratios. But I'm, 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 I'm going to put some pressure on here and we're going to oh, go no. into the gray zone. Okay. Because the black and white is easy. If, if I suck at marketing, I have no problem admitting it because there's no ego in that. I've never taken any marketing courses. I, you know, I don't really mm-hmm. know what I'm doing. It's not that big of a deal. But I come across this a lot. You'll have entrepreneurs and maybe they've got a degree in business or an MBA or something like that. And, you know, we'll, we'll take the financial side as an example. So they understand the financials, but they don't understand them at an expert level, but yet they don't ever want to show that they don't get it. You know, they, yeah. they over you know, I'm not going to say overcompensate. They, they're overconfident. That's what I'm trying to say. They're overconfident yeah. in their abilities or, you know, they'll go to a seminar and they'll learn about leadership. And now because they went to a leadership <laughs> seminar, therefore they know yeah. how to do leadership. And if someone comes in and says, no, you're doing it wrong. And they're just like, well, uh, you know, uh, you, I learned this in the seminar. People are going to come and tell me that uh, I'm doing it wrong and I just have to be strong and, uh, you know, stick to my guns. And that's what a true mm-hmm. leader does, you know. And so you get these people that they're operating and I'm using kind of a letter grade scale here. So, you know, an A would be that expert. They're operating at a B or a C level and using the old adage C's to mm-hmm. get degrees. Yeah. Like it's still passing. Right. But they're not really optimizing their business because they're operating at a B and C level. It's not an F. They'll admit, well, oh yeah, I you know, I'm not good at this when it's an F, but when it's a B, yeah, they have a hard time admitting. Well, in in theory, if you can take the theory into practice, in theory, if the mentor has a better skill set for me and I've worked with that mentor to say, I need you to help me create the game plan, that mentor then should be able to see through conversations and questions, so maybe where, where you're soft and where you're strong. Mm. You know, as a coach, when, when I'm looking at someone and they're looking at their, uh, you know, the fundamentals and the mechanics of what they're doing, I can say, okay, footwork's a problem, mm-hmm. right? You're not, you're not, you know, getting your feet positioned right in order to, to that when you swing that racket, that you generate the, the proper mechanics in order to create the arc so that it, you know, it comes over the net and then drops down in versus just selling over the fence, yeah. right? So, so I see some of that stuff. Now, it's a whole different story to help them create the right mechanics through practices and other things that we implement. Well, in business, my argument is similar that if the mentor, if you, if you get the right mentor, they should help you with the game plan because they can see some of those areas of weaknesses and they're going to say, no, 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 we need to structure some of this one. I don't, you know, you need to understand some more, uh, more in-depth concepts on financials if we're going to move forward to the next level. So I love the example that you gave and I really want to hone in on this. And I'm glad that you gave this example because this is what I'm getting at. When you're coaching tennis, you get so granular, you look at footwork. Yeah. Okay. So if they're hitting and launching the ball too far, you're looking at footwork. All right. In business, the issue that I have is too many times people are going to look at the big picture and ignore that level of detail. So let me give Mm -hmm. the exact example that I want to go with here. If in your financial statements, if your mentor is not saying, okay, 
we're going to analyze and pick apart your current assets and only that piece right. of the financials. And I want you to be able to tell me exactly how your current assets are driving sales. Are you competitive with current asset management? What are your competitors doing with their current assets? If you can't get at that level of granularity, that's the footwork of, you know, and so what happens is I see these business owners that there's like, oh yeah, I know how to read, you know, I know how to read financial statements. And I'm like, mm, you know how to look at the sales number, you know how to look at the profit number, and you know how to see if there's enough cash to pay your bills. But you have no idea what current asset management is all about, and you need to get that granular. But they won't ask for that level of help because they're like, well, no, I, I know my financials. I'm like, no, yeah. you don't. Well, and this is this goes back to the very premise of why we're seeking expertise because when when you try to improve alone versus trying to improve with a mentor, the problem is, is that when when we're in trying to improve on our own, we rely on our own self-assessment. Mm -hmm. Okay, our biases, we might be clouded, <laughs> okay, our limited perspective, we don't know what we don't know, if you know what I mean? Right. But in contrast, just like when you look at a coaching, when, I, when I'm watching what's going on from the sidelines, I see things that they don't see because they're in the heat of the game, right? Mm -hmm. When business is running on and I'm trying to generate profit and customers are in there and I'm busy, it, sometimes I don't see those things because I'm caught in the moment. But a good mentor will see those things, mm -hmm. right? So, that, so that's the whole point of really finding someone with expertise because when you try to self-assess, it's never going to be as accurate as when you have a mentor or someone coaching you that's looking at it from a different perspective. So I'm wanting to shift gears here, but okay. I want to make sure that, you, uh, th that you've had a chance to get it. No, you, you keep talking about a good mentor, and I want to talk about what when you're stuck with a bad mentor <laughs> and how do, you, how, how do you identify that? Because okay. the funny thing, good mentors give you advice and tell you what to do. Bad mentors give you advice and tell you what to do. Good mentors have an expertise and are confident in their decisions. Bad mentors have an expertise and are confident in their decisions. <laughs> I could keep going down the line, but good mentors and bad mentors look exactly the same. They do. And, and so this is something where especially what will happen is, you know, as a business owner, a good mentor is going to tell you to do things that don't feel right to you. It's like, no, you got to break some of your bad habits. A bad mentor will tell you to do things that don't feel right to you and they'll create bad habits, but it looks exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So how do you guard against well, you know, hitching your wagon to a bad mentor? Well, and I'm going to say more, this is my area where I find that most people get a bad mentor. And that is when they go and they find a mentor, they just find another version of themselves. No. Right. Okay. So when, that's good advice already. Like that single trick right there is probably going to eliminate half of the bad mentors that you're going to come across. So we tend to gravitate to people who are like us. Yes. Right. And so, oh, or can I, can I clarify something here? Yeah. It's not just people who are like us. It's also people who affirm what we want to hear. Correct. And so they could be different than you, but if they're, you know, confirming that, oh yeah, this is, this is great. Yeah. Your vision is perfect. You know, this is, this is really what you should do then. So there's two so, ways to have, you know, someone who's like us. Let's use social media as a great example. Okay. okay. Social media. Oh yeah. I'm following so-and-so or I'm following this or I'm following this. No, 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 no. I, 
am aligned to people who say stuff I agree with. Yes. Right? As soon as I don't agree with them, I don't follow them anymore. Exactly. Right? So the reality of it is, is I'm not really following anyone, okay? I'm just paying attention to people who tell me what I want to hear. And if you don't think that you're falling into this trap, so I just actually listened to a podcast episode on the polarization, uh, and it was, it was talking about uh, just societal polarization. It used, obviously, politics because that's where it's, it's, you see it a lot. But um, especially, and this was interesting, it talked about polarization in different countries. The United States is the top of the list right now because we are becoming so polarized in all of our views. So if mm. I agree with somebody, I'll continue to follow them and like them. In fact, all of the algorithms are geared to drive you to people that are going to think and act and do what you want. And so we're not getting this, you know, okay, you have a different viewpoint. I'm going to honestly listen to your viewpoint, honestly accept that maybe I should change my viewpoint. And so we're becoming very polarized. So if you think that this is only happening in business, or excuse me, in politics, it's not. It's also happening in business. It's just not in your face like politics is. And so when you're talking yeah. about aligning yourself with people who are, you know, are thinking like you doing what you would do, it's that polarization problem that is creeping into your business decisions. You know, one of the points I want to bring up, and since we're kind of talking on it, it's a little bit off, but I'm going to bring it up anyways, and maybe we'll chase the squirrel back and forth. But see, I, I encourage people to find people who believe in you, right? Okay. I, I want a mentor who is a good cheerleader as well, right? Thanks, mom. I love you, mom. But not mom, right? <laughs> Because mom's going to always tell you what you hear anyways. But, but I do believe that the principle of that, of having mentors who believe in you, who are positive, who, who want to see you succeed versus someone who's just, yeah, I'll give you my advice and I don't care whether you fail or succeed. No, no, no. Okay. But the problem is, is that just what we're talking about right here is that we, that, that's a great area because if I find someone who does nothing but affirm what I say, it's not a good mentor. Yeah. Right. I, I didn't feel like you actually chased a squirrel. I felt like you added some clarification because this is one of the clear distinctions between a good mentor and a bad mentor. You know, I mean, we talked about all of the ways that they look the same. A good mentor believes in you, but yet still tells you that you're doing things wrong and incorrectly. Yeah. A yeah. bad mentor, won't. they don't believe in you. And sometimes it's hard to see through that at first. Mm -hmm. Over time, you'll be able to see through that. But the way that you can start to tell is when you when things are going wrong, a good mentor still believes in you. When you're depressed, a good mentor still believes in you. When you didn't listen to that mentor and did your own thing, they still are trying to help you. A bad mentor, when you know when you start getting down, they start kind of shifting and thinking, well, maybe I, you know, maybe I'm going to move on to someone else. And, yeah. and so they're, they're more short-term focused than, than good mentors. Yeah. Um, so while we're good and bad mentors, one thing that I think is likewise in good and bad mentoring is um, a good mentor always gives honest feedback, mm -hmm. right? They're, they're not, they're not going to just, uh, 
make something up or give you, you know, oh, hey, look, we'll get it next time. I think, you know, it's, you know, there was a, well, sorry, I had a thought coming to mind. So a professor from BYU did a study. Okay. Um, and in the study, he they, what they did is they studied what coaches do, the actions coaches take if it's a close win or a close loss. Okay. Not blowouts. Okay. Close. Okay. So okay. I win by one point or I lose by one point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what they found from the study is that if it's a close loss, uh, coaches almost always make corrective actions. They try to tweak things. They do things this. All right, let's adjust this. If it's a close win, they just simply say, hey, wow, we did a good job. We won. <laughs> no corrective action was made to say, all right, let's, what can we do to make it so that it's not such a close win next time, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? So, so it's interesting that e- the loss prompted them to make more corrective action than a close win, which when you start talking about it now, you go, well, yeah, they probably both warrant figuring it out so that because close wins are no fun. Yeah. I mean, it's too stressful. It's down to the wire. Uh, You know, little mistakes cost you the game, can shift the momentum. Right. Right. But, but almost every time when it's a loss, as a coach or a mentor, we, we analyze it. What can we do different? How, how do I fix this? Right. But when it was the win, it was, oh, good job. Great. Mm-hmm. Great. We pulled it out. Right. Well, and, and I think, so again, trying to distinguish between good mentorship and bad mentorship, um, good mentorship, like you're saying, they want to analyze the wins. So good mentorship, they're looking at a bigger picture. They're analyzing uh, the the person, the business, uh, the customers. Everything is really getting you know getting looked at. Bad mentorship, they they gravitate to uh, more of the sensational. And so you know, using this example of the wins and loses, you know, I mean, the crowd loves. Uh, a tight game. If oh, it's yeah. a blowout, every time that a Super Bowl hits, I actually never watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> but the you know the the conversation afterward, whether it's a good game or a bad game, has a lot to do with how close the game was. Because yeah. no one likes to see a blowout for the Super Bowl. They want to see you know a nail biter where it's like, oh my gosh, who's going to win? And then have that you know exciting last pass that you know wins the game. Um, and so bad mentors are all about the sensational. They, you know, they're not looking at, uh, okay, what do we need to do? What are the fundamentals, the boring stuff? Uh, good business is boring most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, and, and I know that someone's going to go, yeah, you know, you're talking about when I make this comment, but I, I personally believe that uh, a good mentor listens more than they talk. So they're, 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 that, that wasn't nearly as uh, you know like polarizing <laughs> or controversial as well, you generally think. To I'm going to go to a mentor. They're going to be working with me. They're going to be telling me all this stuff. But a good mentor, really, if if you really want to see and understand something, you really have to sit quietly, watch it, look at the practices like that. You know, watch the footwork, watch the grip on you know on their hand as the racket you know in the right position. Um, are they rotating their hips as they come through? Um, I, I mean, you, you have to start, well, I watch so much more than I actually talk, mm-hmm. right? So I think a good mentor generally, if you want to help or if that mentor is just 
oh no, you're, you know, always telling you what to do after everything and correct this and correct this. Well, the problem is, is it becomes counterintuitive because you're correcting what you're already correcting. And then you're trying to correct that and correct this and it becomes confusing. Well, and, and I think a way that I like to look at this is where's the credit? Bad mentors want to take the credit, which means they want to have the last word, which means that they want to make sure and have said something. They can't sit in the silence. A a good mentor, they're confident in themselves, and so they don't have to prove anything to anyone. They're like, I've already proved it, and whether you choose to follow or not, that's up to you. And so a good mentor, it's the type of exchange where someone comes in and they're just like, okay, this is the problem that I have. I'm thinking about doing this, but I, I kind of want to do this option over here, but it, it's going to be riskier and it's probably not as good for my business. And a good mentor would just look at them and say, you already have the answer. Why are you talking to me? And let them take credit for that answer. A bad mentor is going to come in and be like, okay, well, you need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. And they're, they're going to walk away as though they came up with the solution. And so that's another another thing to look for. All right. Um, so I'm going to jump to Star Wars for a minute and Jedi's. Good. <laughs> I was hoping for that. I, I love the whole Padawan and uh, I don't, what are the head high master mentors? I don't know. What are they called? I think they're just called masters. Okay. I, so I've watched the Star Wars movies, but I can't get into but, the culture. So, but, well, you know enough to know that there comes a point in time when the master says to the Padawan, I can't teach you anymore. Yeah. Right? Right. You're, you're on your own. You go and find someone so, else. So Obi-Wan Kenobi sends him off to Yoda. Right. right. Yeah. I can't teach you anymore. Right? Okay. Okay. A good mentor will tell you that. A bad mentor will not. Oh. That's, okay. that's so that's insight. one thing to keep yeah. in mind that, that if it feels like you're on the same level and they're still trying to walk you through it, that's probably a sign that, hey, I need to make, you know, an adjustment there. Because like you said, you need different mentors during different stages as you go through some of that stuff. Um, and, and I'm not opposed to even specifically seeking out, you know, we don't, we don't generally say this one, but seeking out mentors who are very specific in what I need help with. Mm-hmm. If I, you know, if I'm not quite sure with financials, I want a mentor who's an accountant. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't want the great businessman might not be the best mentor for that one. If I really need to understand financials. So mentors don't have to be a long-term engagement. Oh yes. It could be a lunch meeting. That's like right. you, you literally could sit down with someone, pick their brain for an hour, get the information you need from them, thank them, pay for the lunch. And you know, that's, that's kind of the end of that mentorship. And I think we make this mistake of always going into long-term uh, yeah, you know, I mentor totally relationships. Um, when they shouldn't be. Yeah. So I, I have one final thing between good and bad, and then uh, that'll kind of wrap up my list. But I want to make sure that this gets put out there, and that is that um, good mentors uh, make it a point to let you know what they're not good at. Yes. They, they, they go out of their way to say, oh, yeah, I actually don't know anything about inventory management. Uh, you'll need to talk to someone else. Bad mentors are going to try and grab as much as they can. They're, it's territory, you know, they're, they're, they're kingdom building, where they're just trying to grab territory, and they're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can, I can do, you know, inventory management, and, uh, you know, I can, I can do ERP systems, and I, I, I can do, mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, customer relations and I'm great at social media and, uh, you know, like they just know too much if, if you've got a, a bad mentor. Yeah. And, and my, I guess my last remark would be, um, <clears throat> I like mentors who have a growth mindset that, that they have mentors. Yeah, that's good. They're always looking to grow and increase what they're doing. Um, they're not just, I'm at the top and that's why you should be coming to me. No, it's, uh, I'm not at the top. I'm still learning and growing myself. Mm-hmm. I'll share with you what I have learned and grow, you know, learned and had growth in mm-hmm. um, as I've gone through my journey, right? But they're still in that process, you know? That, yeah. So that's, I, I like ones that have a growth mindset that they're always trying to better themselves as well. So I want to take a, a second um, and, uh, and talk about uh, the... Uh, the mentee. Is that how you say that? Mentor yeah. and mentee? Yeah. Okay. So um, I, I, I want to talk about you as a mentee, making sure that you are uh, a good, you know, Padawan, like <laughs> a good student for, for the mentor. Uh, and so there are a couple things that, uh, that become a, a tricky balancing act. So, as a mentee, you need to make sure that, one, you're humble and listening and open to change and correction, but at the same time, you need to not uh, just flippantly change direction every time. Like, you got to hold to your path, hold to your vision, and, and so... Um, there was an interesting thing that happened recently. Uh, my son, he's on the mountain biking team, and he's actually very talented. And so we had the first race of the season. Now, I guess I should back up and give a little bit of history. With our uh, team out here, there is a uh, semi-professional rider who actually loves to mentor these kids on the mountain biking team. But he's kind of selective because he only wants to mentor those that are serious and show some promise. Well, my son went out and the very first race of the season surprised everybody, everybody but himself. That's what was so cool about it. Like everyone's like, whoa, where did that come from? And uh, he ended up, so he moved up in a bracket. So he was in a more competitive bracket and he podiumed his first race. And everyone's like, you made podium in a more competitive bracket. Where did this come from? And the whole time he's like, well, yeah, this is, this is how I've been training all preseason. You know, I'm not surprised by this. So all of a sudden this coach gets notice of him and he's like, oh, I'd love to work with you. And he made the comment to me. He's like, I've been trying to call this coach for months. And, you know, <laughs> and now all of a sudden he had to prove himself. And I'm like, that's okay. So this coach starts working with him. Well, his next race, it was, it was a little bit worse. Not terrible, but not as good as his first race. And the race after that was actually a bad race. And he was moving in the wrong direction. And um, I actually pulled the coach aside and I said, I think you're pushing him the wrong way. You know, like I, I, I think he needs to go back to what he was good at. And, and he needs to stay true to himself. And I said the same thing to my son. I'm like, look, you need to be doing what, what you're good at and use the, you know, use this mentor to supplement, not to replace. And, you know, so his next race with that mentality, he started doing good again, started moving in the right direction. And so a lot of times when we're being mentored, 
don't lose sight of who you are. Just because someone had success in an industry, just because they did something that worked, it's like, well, okay, you're in a different market, different business, different time frame, different employees, you know, and so it might not work exactly the same. So don't don't automatically jump on board and be like, oh, everything's there. But at the same token, you got to be willing to change a few things because you've got bad habits that hopefully your yeah. mentor can can pull out. Yeah. No, and I, I don't know if I have anything to add to that. I, I do like the fact that, you know, be true to yourself. And I, like I tell anyone, when someone gives you advice, take it for what it's worth. Weigh it out for, you know, because a lot of times we don't know the whole backstory. So we're sharing perspective, our perspective based off of our experiences, even though it's not a close, uh, you know, a, a close correlation probably. But if there's some value there, you take it and you implement it. Um, but at the same time, a uh, uh, you know, if, if you have the right mentor and you have a good game plan in place and you start executing it, don't just, if you have one step back, don't freak out because sometimes you have to unlearn to learn, right? Yeah. 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 We do that in all the time in sports. We have to break a bad habit in order to break a bad habit to get them to a higher level of performance. There's a breakdown period that there they is. just yeah. don't do that well for a minute, but that's where you're assessing it and you're analyzing it. All right. Are the changes, it, do we flatten out? Are we now starting to make the progress in the right direction? But in business, that's scary because oh, yes. sales are going down. Profits are decreasing. Well, especially if you think about it, if I change my marketing campaign and I invest a bunch of money into a marketing campaign and the first two days, no one calls me on it. Right. You know, so, so I, you know, I, that's the tough thing about business and why we try to talk a little bit more about sports when we talk about mentorship, because in business, some of those skills aren't really that clear, right? You know, in sports, sometimes it's body mechanics. It's easier to see and define, but in business, it's mental and exertion and uh, acquired skill sets that, you know, we have to, we have to get. So, and this is another thing that I want to talk about when we're talking about mentoring and mentorship, right? In sports, how much time does the athlete spend training versus how much time do they spend actually in a game? Huh. A lot more time training. A lot more time training, regardless of what the sport is. I mean, every sport's going to be a little it's, bit it's different. It's like a 10 to 1 in tennis. Yeah. And so... Why is it in business we don't have that mentality? Everyone goes into business. They go into the game. Yeah. They don't train for the game. So, you know, think about the last management meeting that you had. Did you really prep a 10 to 1 ratio for that management meeting? Did you do a thorough review of your financials? Did you do a thorough review yeah. of your competitors? Right. And when you went into that management meeting, were you trained? Were you ready for that management meeting? And you sat down and you said, okay, guys, here we go. I just reviewed the financials. Here are all of our ratios. I've identified the ratios that are concerning to me. I've done a competitor analysis. And now let's make some decisions. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> you know, but... What does happen is people go into the management meeting. They're like, uh, so who, who's got anything today? <laughs> well, I noticed that the drinking fountain's leaking. Okay. Uh, who's going to fix the drinking fountain? Well, I'll get that taken care of. All right. That's good. 
Uh, what else do you guys want to talk about? Did you want those financials? Yeah, yeah. Let's get financial statements maybe in a couple weeks. Okay, that sounds good. All but, right, thanks for the meeting, but guys. You, even to your point, so if I'm a sole proprietor, okay, doing my business and I have a mentor, am I taking time every day, 30 minutes to an hour, morning, end of day, to just simply say, okay, what went good today? What went bad today? And so that when I have that conversation with my mentor, I can say, hey, look, here's the things I've done. This is the things I implemented. These were the results of that. This is what it came. I want to explore this some more. I mean, that's, if you want to be a good mentee, that's, you've got to build that into that relationship as well. That, that self-assessment time where you are taking the time to do it, yeah, that 10 to one prep, mm-hmm. um, that we're, we're analyzing ourselves so that we're, you know, a, a player as well. So here's an interesting thing. And, uh, as I like to say, I'm going to pull back the curtain. I kind of like to use the wizard of Oz thing. <laughs> I'm going to pull back the curtain here and I'm going to give a little insight into something that I'm currently doing. So I have a brother that I'm using as a mentor. The interesting thing, so I've got a degree in finance. I've got an MBA in entrepreneurship. I've consulted hundreds of businesses. I've trained thousands of, uh, you know, business owners. And so, you know, in terms of experience, I'm really high up there, right? My brother does not have a college degree. Uh, he basically, out of high school, he, he went and worked in a couple different industries, Right. And uh, he's in just a management company, or excuse me, he's in a management position for a company that is nothing to do with my industry. And, uh, you know, and, and, and so I would look at this and I would be like, well, he's the last person that I should use for a financial mentor. But the problem was, I know myself, I'm, I'm a little bit cocky and arrogant, and you either have to be brilliant to, uh, you know, to, to be able to consult me in finance because I'm just like, well, look, I already know all this. I already know all this. I already know all this. And, and my ego gets in the way. So I actually went to my brother and I said, can I just tell you what I'm doing? And I'm going to explain it to you. And if it doesn't make sense to explain why I'm doing things, and he'll come back to me all the time. And he's like, why did you do this so complicated? I'm like, well, that's how you, you got to do it this way. And he's like, that's really complicated. And so I'll come back to him and I'll be like, okay, listen to what you said. I made it simple. He's like, oh yeah, this makes sense now. And he's a great mentor, even though he doesn't have like all these accolades, you know, because he's got a great head on his shoulders and he'll tell me honestly when I'm being an idiot. And so I've used him to start getting some financial uh, ideas, you know, because I have to explain it to him have to take the time and and when I show up to those meetings and they're very impromptu I just call him yeah. you know and I'm like okay this is what I've put together this is you know this is the analysis that I've done does it make sense to you and he's like okay yes this makes sense and I'm like do you like what I'm doing he's like I like all of it but this piece and and he'll let me know so there are ways you know because you were talking about the uh, the solo entrepreneur uh, there are different ways to approach that. You don't have to always go after some guru that's going to charge you, you know, significant amount of money. Now, that being said, uh, most of my family I would not go to for the same thing. It's not that he's my brother. It's that he's willing to give me that information. And so I'm not advising, you know, find a family member. I'm advising find someone who will take the time to look at what you're doing and think through and give you honest feedback and input. Yeah. Well, here, this would be, I don't, 
know we're probably getting there on time, but so this would be my kind of my final remark. Um, if you have a good mentor, you should be able to say this. I've grown more in my abilities and skills in the last three weeks than I have in the last six months trying to do this on my own. Right? I think that's good. Yeah. That, that's the power of a mentor is that it's because it's targeted, it's focused, it's real time. We should be able to see very targeted results at a, in a shorter time frame. So if you can say, yes, I've made, I've made more progress in the last three weeks or week than I have in the last month, mm-hmm. you know, then you know the mentor is helping you do the right things. No, I, I think that's, that's excellent. I think we can, uh, we can wrap it up with that. So go out, make sure you've got quality mentors. Uh, make sure that you're changing up your mentors that are appropriate. Get rid of the bad ones. Don't be afraid to graduate on to another mentor, um, you know, yeah, I think, man, make sure that you can say that you've grown more in the last three weeks than you have in six months. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Take care.